to God in the highest. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. He's awesome. Well, we want to get right into our study tonight. You have your Bibles and your papers. Amen. Amen. We're moving right along. It seems like the year is picking up kind of fast on us. Amen. And so, men, there's no prayer this Saturday, so I need you to pray at home every day. Pray. Amen. We have a prayer conference in Waukesha, so we have to be at that. So, amen. But Sunday church service. Amen. Amen. If you can make the prayer conference, it's in Waukesha at Brother Hook's church there in uh, Waukesha, Friday night and Saturday morning. Amen. Brother uh Chester Wright is the instructor of that. The thing is on the board over there. Amen. Also, our Veterans Day service is coming up on the 5th of November. Amen. And there's flyers back there again. So if you get a few flyers and pass them out to veterans or people you know as veterans or friends, amen, we want to have a good service like we do every year. I'll be doing the special Carolina barbecue, amen, and try to make a few folks happy. So, amen. So we'll be doing that again this year as well. Amen. So get the word out. Get yourself a few flyers back then. If we need more flyers, we can have some more made. Amen. So, amen. And Christmas is coming, and I just like big gifts and little gifts and all kinds of gifts. <laughs> so, but uh, i just messing around. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson. Now you have nine memory verses already memorized. Amen. For the goodness and, you know, you're following the goals and you're studying and you're applying yourself and you're growing in the Lord. Amen. And you're learning a whole lot, I can tell, right? Amen. Praise God. We're going to disciple disciples. Amen. In James chapter 4 tonight, James chapter 4. Amen. James's gospel, amen, is is a call. When you read James' gospel, he seems to be encouraging us uh, how we speak, the things we say, the things we do. His gospel is more like give yourself a good inward look. Uh, look deep within yourselves. Monitor yourself, what you're doing and what, how it applies. He used natural things and he, he talks about different things so that you give you that spiritual understanding from it. The same way that their master Jesus taught them. Jesus often used natural things to bring about a spiritual insight. And James seems to be doing the same thing when he talks about our tongue and when he talks about lust and he, when he talks about, you know, loving one another. Amen. And James seems to hit the, the nail on the head in so many areas. And so the fourth chapter tonight, he comes out of the third chapter. He's talking about our tongue and then he hits the fourth chapter. And he starts the fourth chapter with these words. From whence come war and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and you receive not, because you ask the mist that you may consume it upon your lust. So when you look at that on face value, James is trying to get us to see why is this inward struggles that's going on inside of us? Why are we fighting? Why are we worn within? Why are, where are we at that, that point? Why aren't we at that point? 
He's saying, why you're not just walking in the Spirit. See, because as long as you're struggling with the flesh and the Spirit is a warfare. The war is going on within you. This is why Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, the Spirit lusted against the flesh and the flesh against the Spirit. And these are what? They're contrary one to the other so that you cannot do what you would. See, you know you're supposed to walk in the Spirit. You know from the time that you get saved that you're supposed to commit your life to God. You are supposed to line up now with the Word of God. You are supposed to walk according to the Word. This is why James starts out his chapter in the first chapter. He says, don't just be a hearer of the Word. He says, you've got to become a doer of the Word. See, you've got to commit yourself and purpose in your heart I'm going to live my life now according to the will of God. The reason Jesus told Nicodemus that you've got to be born again is the fact that the matter is you are on the wrong path. See, you are on the wrong path. And so from the creation and from the time that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God knew that we were going to make mistakes, we were going to do wrong. So he set in motion a plan so we could start over. How many times have you come to your mind and you said, man, I just wish I could have did that again. I wish if I'd have known that I wouldn't have did it. You know, lots of times, don't we? See, that's why we got to be born again. See, so when we are born again, we get on that right track. God says, okay, you know you're wrong. You know you did wrong. So, okay, I'm going to give you a fresh start. I'm going to erase the slate. I'm going to just wipe it all out. And I'm going to let you start afresh anew. I'm going to put you back in the ground. I can't get you back in your mother's womb. He could. He says, I'm going to develop a plan for you. Okay, you repent. You tell me how bad you saw you did what you did. Okay, then we're going to put you in the ground. We're going to bury you in the borders of baptism in my name. And you'll come up and I'm going to put my spirit in you so you can walk in newness of life. I'm going to give you a chance to start all over again. That's what he does. See, and so now... This is why the epistles of the, of the Gospels are so essential, because they're telling us how to walk. They're telling us how to live. They're cautioning us on things that causes us to keep doing wrong. And so notice what James said. He asked the question, where comes all this warning fighting among you? He says, hence your lust. You're lusting after things that really doesn't matter. Amen. Your members are warned against you. Now, go to Romans 6. Go to Romans 6. Amen. Go to Romans 6. I know I'm getting ahead a little bit. I'm just trying to lay a little foundation for the month. Amen. Romans 6, starting with verse 1, to the Romans. Everybody there? What shall then we, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, when you repent of your sins, you're saying, I don't want that. Now the wisdom light bulb has got to come on. 
the wisdom of God. This is why Proverbs 8 talks about I wisdom. It stands in the high places. I stand by the ways of the path. I just called to you, O men, and to you, the sons of man is my voice calling out. Oh, you, you know, understand wisdom. Get wisdom. And, and all you get in what? Get an understanding. See, I can't continue to live in sin. I can't continue to walk that path anymore. I'm a new creature now in Christ Jesus. And so therefore, if I don't walk in the straight and narrow path of the Spirit, I'm going to war. I'm going to fight. I'm going to tussle. I'm going to be tossing and turning all night. You know, remember that song, Kick the Blanket Off the Floor, <laughs> Turn My Pillow Upside Down. I never had it so before. Yeah, because I was tossing and turning all night. That was 50. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but but notice what he says here. Amen. You're dead to sin. See? Notice, you're dead to sin. Know you not? Amen. That so many of us was baptized into Jesus Christ, was baptized into his what? Death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is free from sin. Dead people don't sin. (laughs) They don't do nothing. (laughs) Amen. So you're dead to sin. You're buried with Christ. For now, for now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death have no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died to sin once. But in that He liveth, He liveth to God. You die one time, <laughs> and now you got to live. You've risen up to live. Amen. Knowing that Christ be raised from the dead, died no more. Death have no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth in the God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should not, that you should obey it and the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments unto unrighteousness, unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive uh, from dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you are under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that whosoever you, you yield your servants to obey, his servants you are to obey, to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So notice what he says here. He says, don't yield your members to sin. Don't use your hands. Don't use your eyes. Don't use your body, any parts of you now, for sin. 
Because you're dead. You belong to Christ. See? You are risen to walk in newness of life. And so James says, where's all this fighting come from? It comes hence from your lust, that war in your members. You lust, he says, and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, he says, you receive not because you're asking for the wrong reasons. See? And so, therefore, we have to realize that to overcome lust, we have got to focus our minds and attentions and all our members towards Christ. We've got to walk worthy of the Lord until all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We've got to grow. This is why Peter said in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, you've got to get an understanding in how you must now walk. The flesh is going to keep pulling because you're in the world. You're in the flesh. But we've already studied that all is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the fathers of the world. See? So we have to focus our attention on where we're doing, what we're doing, and how we should do it. Amen. When we think of lust, we often associate it with a strong sexual desire. But we cannot, but we can also lust after other things as well. Some of the synonyms that may be used for lust are desire, covetousness, longing, yearning, materialism, and envy. The way lust work is often misunderstood. Lust is commonly described as being the same as strong sexual desires. However, this description of lust leave out the key fact that the object of this desire is forbidden to us. A strong sexual desire for one's spouse is not the same as lust for someone else's. A better definition of lust is gaining gratifications for anyone or anything that isn't ours. Amen. Jesus stated that the word was choked from the hearts of those among the thorns because of their lust for other things. Mark 4, 18 to 19. We'll talk more about that in the lesson. James wrote that the spirit in us lusts to envy, James 4, 5. In other words, it's the idea that there is in each of us a strong inclination to look with dissatisfaction on the happiness and prosperity of others and to desire to make what they possess our own. So during this lesson, we're going to look at ways to overcome lust. Amen. And number one, remove the temptation. Amen. Remove the temptation. Now, back in June, we studied about overcoming temptation. We spent a whole month about overcoming this thing. And our theme scripture was James chapter 1, 2, and 3. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into what? Divers temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and a tire wanting nothing. So we have to overcome this temptation. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There is no temptation taking you, but as such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but with the temptation also wake away for escape that you may be able to bear it. 
So when you're walking in the Spirit, your eyes will be open. Amen? Satan will always try his very best to tempt you. That's why he's called the tempter. That's why when you look, Jesus calls him the tempter. When the tempter came, that's what he said. So he's always going to keep tempting you. He's the tempter. He's going to try to trip you up. He's always going to try to put things in front of you. Amen? From his inception to now, he hasn't changed. He's only got three weapons, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He just repackage it and rewrap it in a different way. For every generation, it's the same thing. Whether you're old, whether you're young, he's going to look and see where you are and your walk with God, and somehow he's going to package that deception, that subtlety to get you to come after it to be tempted. I might be tempted at something totally different by my age than you are, Sister Michaela, at your age. But either way, he's going to package it somehow to make you be tempted the same way he's going to make me be tempted for that that I'm tempted of. So that's how he does it. So we have to be aware of this thing. That That's what he does. So we have to remove the temptation. James says in James 1, 13 through 16, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. See? You know, people say, oh, I guess God is trying to try me to see if I'm, I'm strong and walking in the faith. No, wrong answer. God doesn't do that. He doesn't tempt you. Why is he going to tempt you? You know, he, he, he has no reason to do that. He's not the tempter. You know, he knows where you are. You know, his desire is to make you strong. His desire is to get you to walk in faith. His desire is to help you to be encouraged and strong and lifted up. Amen. So James says, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted God, because God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempt he any man. So, all right, now you got the scripture to prove it. <laughs> so next time somebody say that, you just tell them you're out your mind. Okay. And they says, well, why is it happening to me? says, Probably the devil. You know? Notice what he says. Amen. God doesn't tempt people. Say, but, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. See? Satan puts it out there. Say. If you go after it, it's because of your own lust. It's not God tempting you. It's the enemy of your soul. God makes a way for you to escape. He opens your eyes. That's why he gives you the spirit. That's why he gives you his word. So you can study and come into a knowledge of understanding and develop wisdom in yourself. So that you can see the enemy. You know what goes against his word. So that you can flee from it. This is why Paul told Timothy, he says, flee you for lust, which war against your soul. See? You can see the things you've heard. If you've been around the church any amount of time, you've heard things that goes against God's word. You know the things that goes against God's word. So you have to not allow yourself to be tempted and pulled more and more in it. So James says you're tempted when you're drawn away by your own lust, your own desires. See? 
And when these things happen, that's when you become ensnared by the enemy. And once you do it, he's not going to quit. It's like that first cord of, of the wire of, of the spider web. The first little bit of spider web you walk into, if you stop, you can get back out of it. But if you keep walking right on into it, the whole thing, you know, it, it'll get all wrapped in your hair, all around your face, and you're trying to get out. It takes you longer to get out. That's why when you see bugs and stuff flying to a spider web, you know, they're trying to get out, and they just keep going more and more and more and fluttering and everything. They get tangled up more, and then here comes the spider, and what did he do? He sticks his finger in him and kill him. Well, that's what Satan do to you. Your lust draw you as soon as you get to the first rung. If you don't back out and back out or turn it off, amen, then you're going to keep going. This is why people get hooked on pornography. This is why people get hooked on stuff. They get the first look and they don't stop. They don't back out. They keep going. Let me see what is more. Let me see what's more. And they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And the next thing you know, you can't get out. Same way with an alcoholic. You know, they take the first drink. Oh, that tastes pretty good. They just go get another. Oh, that tastes pretty good. You know, more and more and more. You know, happy hour. You get more and more and more. And the next thing you know, you're hooked. And it's hard to get out. See? This is what happens. You're drawn away and enticed by your own lust. Then when lust have conceived, notice, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Because the wages of sin is death. And that's what Jesus said. The thief comes not but what? The steal, the kill, and to destroy. So you've got to remove the temptation out of your life. Every man is tempted, successfully solicited to sin when he's drawn away by his own lust, when given away to the evil propensity of his own heart. He does that which is solicited by the enemy of his soul. Jeremiah 17:9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The mind. Amen. It's wicked. You know, so you, you can't, you know, the Bible tells us he that trusted on his own heart is what? It's a fool. See, you can't trust your own heart. This is why you've got to lean to God. You've got to walk in the Spirit. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. You've got to stay focused upon God. Amen. The things like television. In today's world, I'm here to tell you, there is nothing good on there. I'm telling you, you know, back in my days, Leave it to Beaver was uh, questionable. You know, we thought he was good. But today, Beaver would have been a bad show because Eddie Haskell was a bully against Beaver. So Beaver could probably have sued him today. You know, you stop and think about it. The Three Stooges. That was that was a violent show. We thought it was fun. You know, Mighty Mouse, Superman, Bruto beating up Popeye. You know, we thought it was kids. We thought it was fun. The same thing today. You know, Power Rangers. Everybody, you know, all this stuff is all violence. See? And so, it, we have to be disciplined. See? You know, 
I, I, I asked my, my nieces, and I said, man, how do you guys wake up to this stuff all the time? You know, everything is negative, 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 racism, negative, Trump bashing, negative, you know, everything. It's all it does. Sexual in your windows, everything, you know, everything is about sexual desires and everything to get you to be lustful after these things. Amen. From the Internet to movies, everything that you can think of today is there to entice you, to pull you away from the clothing line to the vehicles to the food. Everything is designed to cause to tempt you. And so we have to remove these temptations out of our way. We have to be strong enough. We have to be mature enough to walk away. We have to be strong enough that says, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to follow that path. I'm a child of the king. I'm going to walk according to God's will. I'm going to walk according to God's way. I'm not going to war. I'm not going to tangle. I'm not going to lust in my thoughts and in my mind. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to study God's word. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Amen. I want to think on good things, things that are good, things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, Paul says in Philippians 4. He says, think on these things. Notice what he says. Things that are true, things that are honest, things that are good, a report. You know, these are the things you want to think on so you're not tossed and, and driven and tossed and cared about with every wind of doctrine. That the, the cunning and craftiness that the enemy tries to deceive you. You don't want your members worn. Amen. You want to be able to lay down in peace at night. You want to be able to sleep well. You don't want to be struggling and tossing and turning and can't sleep. This is why children are having such a hard time sleeping and, and staying focused. It's the world. They're so, they're so being so tempted by so many things to pull their hearts away. Amen. So like I said earlier, Satan, you know, he wraps everything, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life in these things, you know, the iPads, the iPhones, all these things. Yes, he's got every one of us wrapped up. Because now he's got us where we can't do without it. See? And you stop and think. You know, in our devotions this morning, it was talking about unexpected interruptions. How many times are you interrupted in church? Because you're sitting there trying to focus and somebody's cell phone goes off. How many times your cell phone on your side buzz when you're sitting in church and your immediate attention is to go for it? How many times are you driving down the road and your phone rings and you take your eyes off the road to reach for your cell phone? He's got us exactly where he wants us. See, he's tempted us. And we've gone after these things. And so now, how do we break it? We have to discipline ourselves. We have to discipline ourselves to say what is important and what is not important. 
Amen. I can't answer that phone every time it rings. I can't answer that phone every time it beeps. I can't answer that phone every time it chirps or whatever. See, I've got to learn to be in control of the item myself. See, you know, don't allow it to control you. Nothing shall control you but Jesus. (laughs) Everything else, you know, you should be able to control it. Amen. This is what you want to realize. You've got to remove those temptations out of your life. Amen. Don't wake up in the morning and turn on your television the first thing if you ain't prayed, if you ain't sought God. Amen. You need to get a strong relationship to where when you wake up. Amen. David says, early will I rise up and seek thee. I want to get a hold of God, amen, before the world comes flooding in. It's going to come. The world is coming in, amen, as soon as the sun comes up. And even before, it's going to come. It's going to bombard you with the thoughts and the cares of this world, amen. But you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, amen. You can't allow lust to get into your heart and into your mind that you lust after evil things, the pleasures of this life, amen, the activities, the employment, the entertainment industry, all of it is designed to pull you away from the things of God. Paul told the church at Colossus in the third chapter, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, mortify or, or kill it, <laughs> bring it under subjection, therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Notice, he says, mortify these members. Bring this stuff under subjection. Get it out of, kill it. If it's in your life, he says, get it out of there. These things should not be a part of you. In 1 Corinthians 6, he says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not Inherit the kingdom of God. In Galatians 5, he says the same thing as he's talking about the, the works of the flesh. He says, as I've told you before, that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And notice what the next verse says. And they that are Christ's have what? have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. Notice, Galatians 5, I think it's 25, or there. You see it? Galatians 5, 25, you got it in your Bibles? <laughs> I think it's in your Bibles, isn't it? Amen. Try 20, 24. 24, there you go. And they that are Christ's, notice, Galatians 5, 24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with his affections and lust. See? When did you crucify it? When you repented and got baptized. See? You're Christ's. You're not your own, Paul says. You belong to Christ. You're the temple of God. And if any man defiled the temple of God, what's going to happen? 
is going to be destroyed. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. See? You have crucified. You've nailed this thing, this flesh and this affections and lust for the world and the things of this world to the cross. Amen. You belong to Christ now. So you don't lust after evil things. You don't lust after fornication. You don't lust after these things. You're the child of God. And those inordinate affections and evil desires and cravings and things that are forbidden and, and lust. Amen. Don't let it pull you. Don't, don't, don't let it keep pulling you to where you're doing it. You have to bring it to an end. Amen. See, you got to break that first strand. The enemy, as soon as you're tempted, you flee. As soon as you start thinking it, you, you focus your mind on something else. You've got to. That old saying, the bird can fly over my head, but I don't have to let him make a nest there. See? I get out of the way. I shoo him away. You know? Don't allow yourself to be drawn away. Amen. By these lusts and things that come. You know, in the church we used to have six inch, twelve inch rules. If guys and gals wouldn't merit, they were to be six to twelve inches away from each other. Because if you got closer than that, it was easier to start lusting after each other. Yeah, it's like a magnet. Get pulled you more and more. And you get closer and closer and closer and you're designed to do something wrong. See? This is why you should walk in the Spirit. It has been stated that in the United States of America, there are 750,000 pregnancies of young girls 20 years and younger each year. 750,000. And the majority of those are in California. And they have said, that of that 750,000, 8 out of 10 never marry the father. Think about it. The church has got to wake up. We are of God, little children, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. We can't keep running to this craziness. We can't keep following after the world's ways. We, If we've ever been a time for an apostolic, to be an apostolic and stand firm, it is today. Amen. People are looking for the truth and the way out. Amen. But if we are doing the same thing that everybody else in the world is doing, where are they going to go? Where are they going to turn to? We must be apostolic in our ministry, our doctrine, our truth, our identity. We've got to be apostolic. Amen. If we are Christ's, we are to be His image in the earth. We are not to allow ourselves to be drawn away by our lust. We crucify that thing. You shouldn't be lusting at nothing but Jesus. Amen. This is what you want to have in your life. 
Amen. You've got to cultivate temperance in your life. Solomon says in Proverbs 25, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Amen. We've got to have some self-control. Amen. You have to not... You, you don't have a safety mechanism if you don't have temperance in your life. See, for so long in the church... We told everybody, oh, you got to love him. You got to love this. You got to love that. You got to do this. But we didn't teach anybody about temperance. See? We get into the fruit of the Spirit. What do you hear in the church all the time? Love, joy, peace. You know, usually and people stop right there. What about the other six? We might hear a little bit about goodness every now and then. But we don't hear a whole lot about humility. We don't hear a whole lot about self-control. See? You know, notice, it's controlling yourself. Temperance. Because you have crucified the flesh. You are spiritual beings now. Amen. You're the only Jesus people are going to see in the earth. I have given you my spirit and my power. Let your light shine so men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We've got to have some control in our lives. And this is why Peter says in, in first, second Peter chapter 1, he says, you add to your faith virtue. You've got to get that, that moral excellence working now. See? You've got to get the morality going on in your life. You want to learn how to do what is right. So he says you add to your faith virtue and your virtue knowledge. See? You need to have spiritual knowledge. To be Fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. Reverence in God. And add to knowledge, patience, patience, temperance. Notice. Notice, temperance, patience, I got them backwards there, but either way, you've got to add it. The knowledge, temperance, self-control. You don't need somebody beating you over the head saying, don't do this, don't do that. You know, you are mature individuals. You know what the Word of God says. You know why you repented of your sin. You've been around the church long enough to know why you got baptized in Jesus' name. You know why He filled you with this Spirit. So now you've got to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. You've got to grow. You can't allow yourself to keep being pulled by everything that comes your way. The tempter knows where you are. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're facing. And as a result, he will package a package of temptation just for you. You know, how many times have you heard people leave jobs and go to another job and then it's, man, I wish I'd have stayed where I was. See, because the package, he packages difference. They went from the honeycomb 
<laughs> to the outhouse. <laughs> Think about it. See? You, 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 God knows. You know? And so the enemy will try to this trip you up. He will try his very best to destroy you if you don't control these things out of your life. These are warning signs. It's wake-up calls. That's why we are putting so much time in these areas of overcoming these things. Because this is killing people in the church. Divorce rate in the church is rising because people can't stop lusting. People are in debt over their heads because they can't stop lusting. See? Children are running away from home because they can't stop lusting. They're running out their things. See? Instead of running out the Christ. You're going to run for something. Run to Jesus. Amen. Come after Him. Go after Him. Amen. Let Him be your God. Let Him be your lover. You know, that's what Solomon says. Where is the, who's my beloved? You know, where is my beloved? You see my beloved. That's what you should be saying about Jesus. Anybody seen Jesus? Look at Mary. When she lost Jesus, she almost had a fit. You know, she went back looking. She followed her tracks back, you know, all the way back to where they were so that she could find her son. That should be our desires. Amen. Anytime we're being feeling those drawings that is pulling us, or anytime we feel in our hearts and our minds that I might not be getting where God wants me to be, or where I should be at this moment in my heart, amen, or in my life, I should be running to church. I should be running to the altar. I should be running to the Word of God to get myself back where I felt that first relief. Amen. When I first came in, when He when He filled me with the Holy Ghost, when I had that first joy unspeakable and full of glory, it, that's what I should be seeking out the constantly in my heart and in my mind. Amen. Not after the things of this world. How many times we tell people, you hear the church say, the answer ain't in the world. See, but Satan will package it to where he they makes you feel it's okay. You know, oh, everybody's doing it. Oh, come on, come on, you can do it too. Yeah, come on, you know. The rat eating the trap, and the mice eating the cheese in the trap. He doesn't see that handle on the other side, ready to come down. Amen. People don't see the danger behind the dollar sign. So many people have fallen. So many people are hurt behind the dollar sign. Lives are turned upside down because of the old money dollar. Because they're lusting for other things. And they fear if I have more money, I can get that. I can do that. And as a result, they go after that, and as a result, that's when the enemy snare them. They wind up missing church. They wind up, you know, doing all kinds of things that causes them to, to break off with God. Because pretty soon, you miss enough church, you, you, church ain't important. And that's what happens to people. And that's why so many people, 
you see them later, they have no joy. They're always tired. They're always worn out because they're trying to get other things because they're lusting after evil things. And we'll talk more about this. Amen? Praise God. Amen. In the ways of announcements, amen. Don't forget Sunday church service. Amen. Like I said, the cards for outreach for his Veterans Day service. Amen. Praise God. Don't forget, choose somebody you can disciple this year to bring into the full knowledge of the truth. Amen. Amen.